welcome along to episode 52. So how does that, I mean, we're in a new season, Mm -hmm. so we don't start over? No. You just keep, is that how the podcast world goes? You just keep going? Yeah. When I upload these things, it asks me a season and then it asks me an episode number and and I just put the season and then whatever the cumulative episode number we're at. Okay. Well, I got to get used to that or if these intros are going to be any good. Yeah. Or they probably want to hear us talking about the way our episodes are organized. That's probably not very interesting. Okay, here we go. Welcome along to episode 52. That's right. Of Sweet Tea and Coffee. We're knocking the rust off still. This is episode two of season three. Yeah, and we're back in our little studio. We're finally, Yeah, so man, if you listened to last week, mm-hmm. that was a ton of fun. It was a wild crowd there that night. It was a raucous crowd, but we <laughs> had so much fun. That was really good. It was a good yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah, it turned out. We might do that again. Good. But no promises. Yeah. We ran out of coffee mugs. Yeah, um, we had, for those of you that weren't there, make you jealous a little bit, we had sweet tea and coffee, mm-hmm. coffee mugs, branded mugs. We had our stickers out for the first time. Yeah. And we had sweet tea cups. Yeah, and there's all, there's one of those remaining, and I, I, it's behind us. It's for the archives. Just anyway, a, hey, yeah. listen, if you were there, seriously, again, thank you. That was so much fun. Thanks for coming out. We, we really are mm-hmm. going to probably do that again. That was really Really fun, but we are kicking off the second uh, or the third season, and as promised, if you listen kind of to our teaser, we have someone that may or may not be related to our, our last, last yeah. guest in the room. So we're super excited to have Brittany Middlebrook in the house with us today. Uh, she's going to be our guest for this episode, and yeah, lots to talk about. Like anything else to say before we roll? Stick around. Here we go. All right. Well, as I said, we've got Brittany Middlebrook in the house. Brittany, thank you so much for being part of this. You actually got to watch George make the first run. I did. So any any tips that he gave you, any any prep? Like, Was it good to watch him go first as the guinea pig? Oh, yeah. He cried so I can cry. That's yeah. right. That's he, had right. Cr- he had to cry in front of a bunch of people, too. So yeah. we just... <laughs> That's Poor right. George. <laughs> That's right. It's funny because we had, I had, there were, I think there were two different people that were there. Well, there were, there were several of our guests that had been interviewed before that were there for the night, but a couple mm-hmm. of them came up to me and said, I'm so glad that my episode wasn't the live one. Thank you for not putting me in front of yeah. all these people. So anyway, but he did good, didn't he? He did. I was surprised there were so many there that didn't know the story too. Yeah, which is one of the reasons we thought, man, yeah. we just got to tell a story. We just we we got to tell it. So uh, anyway, but thanks for thanks for being here. So we always like to start with people kind of understanding uh, how you got to the Piney Woods. So what's uh, what, what's your background? Where did you grow up? How did you end up here in Nacogdoches? Okay, so I'm excited about this part because I have to test Blake and his historical oh, knowledge okay. a little bit. Oh, good. Oh, good. I love when people come <laughs> after Blake. Let's do it. So there's a statue downtown mm-hmm. Nacogdoches. Yeah, there is. Antonio Gil Wybarbo. Uh-huh. Who is he? Ooh. 
I mean, so good. This is so good. He's, he's on the he's, spot. Uh, one of the early settlers of this area, but he's I, the founder of Nacogdoches. Okay, and he built the old stone fort. That's that's correct. I just read about one. this. Yeah, the original one, and then so I come from him. Oh, okay. Part of my family, at least. Wow. So I beat I didn't know George. That. Wow. Wow. And okay. you. And me. Oh, she yeah. She beats you. Yeah, for sure. Wow, that's awesome. Now, we won't go into some of the other things I read about him, but, you know, that was on my mom's side. My dad's side's been here forever, too. But That's yeah. crazy. Okay, so you born and raised? In Nacogdoches. Well, Appleby. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Close to Blake's house, actually. But Re- really it, close to where really I live close. currently. Yeah, but you yeah. say Appleby, you don't say the bog. You know, no, that's the, not the same place. That's not the same place. You got to go over a little further. I don't when know people where the say, bog close, is. "Okay, she doesn't even know the bog." Yeah, I don't know. I still think you're making the bog. Up. Yeah, I'm not making it up. I'm not making it up. Okay, born uh, born and raised in Appleby. Yes. Okay, and your parents been here. I mean, that they, they they grew up here and lived here. Like, been here for a long time. Yeah, my mom was back and forth to Houston a little bit with my with her parents' work, but okay. um, yeah. Here, my dad's family was into drag racing, and uh, yeah. So some of those, some of those wild stories that my dad told, <laughs> her dad was involved in some of those. I'll uh, just say that his okay. dad was in my parents' wedding. Yeah, yeah. I don't they know if mine was. In... I, they might have been. I can't remember. They'll. Co- That's I'll awesome. Get, Mom will correct me. Regardless, she'll set the records straight. But they were very close at that time. And yeah. we that is may awesome. or may not have made a lot of four wheeler trails on their land, which was behind our house. Yeah, nobody's paying attention. You know? That's right. <laughs> it's all the same. That's funny. Yeah, because we talked about that with you running Georgia's old trails. Yeah, there's all kinds of connections here. That's and, crazy. That's yeah. good. You you just needed. We've had a lot of West Texas people on. I need, I'm, yeah, you, you I'm, noticed I'm, how it's now loaded I'm, with. I'm bringing with, the uh, old school East Texas. <laughs> yeah, Mac Heritage yeah. Is, back, yeah. is on the podcast yeah. now. Okay, cool. So, what was life like growing up, not in Nacogdoches, but in Appleby? Appleby. What was your What was your childhood like? Um, it was good. I grew up in church, but we were kind of the first generation of my family in church. My Mom spent a lot of time in the summers with a cousin of hers, and her parents took them to church. And she was like, when I get married, I want my family in church. So that's what she did. My parents started dating at like 14, 15, early on, married at seven, when my mom was 17. They're three years apart, but they had their first baby at 18, and then me at 19? No, I'm off. 19 and 20. Okay. My mom and I are 20 years apart, but um, I was not planned. Um, she actually <laughs> cried a while when that happened, but um, don't take that person. <laughs> <laughs> then she was happy. That's right. Um, so my brother and I were super close. We're actually a year and six days apart. Wow. And then my younger brother was five years younger. Um, but so they we grew up in church. But my dad was not a believer when they first started going. Hmm. So he was the guy gripping the pulpit, mm. like not wanting to go forward and. I mean, I don't know if I was born when he got saved, but it was really early on. Wow. And then, uh, anyways, we we were a good, close family. We loved playing together. We didn't do a lot of sleepovers because we just enjoyed – my brother and I were really close, and then yeah. we fought with the little one. But um, we loved going to the lake, riding four-wheelers, and went to garrison, so you kind of had to do every sport because it was tiny. Yeah. Um, but – yeah, it, yeah, it was all good. Okay, so that's interesting. That and my story is a little bit similar. Where my parents would say that they were, when I was born, they were 
very, very, very new in following Jesus, or at least that being something serious in their life. Right. Do you? My recollection was they were they were awesome at it. I mean, I grew up and and that was the world that that we were in. And it wasn't until I was an adult and had conversations mm-hmm. with them that I realized just how new they were in the faith. Uh, do you, as a kid, do you remember them kind of wrestling with that, or was your perspective just, man, mom and dad love Jesus, and uh, or did you realize that later on that they were new in the in their faith? Yeah, I didn't really realize it then, which my mom really wasn't. I don't, I don't know when that actually happened for yeah. her. It was new for my dad. Yeah. Um, and I guess looking back, I can see how he grew through the years. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, it was, they had us in church for all the events. I mean, we'd go on a vacation and miss, but other than that, yeah. you know, we were there. So Yeah, that's great. Uh, they were, you know, the same at home. They tried to live right and do people right and teach us to treat others well. So Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay, so then did you, did you go to SFA? I did. Okay, so you stuck around. I did. What was that? I didn't decision necessarily like? want to. I was going to say, did um, you, was that because this is home and I want to be here, or was that what, why did you go to SFA? Not really, but I wanted to be an English teacher. So um, ironic because you become spoiler yeah. a Spanish teacher. Yeah. So I, um, my parents were like, "Well, there's no reason you can't do that at SFA and stay home." Yeah. Um, so I was like, "Okay," and they were like, "Well, if you get farther in and need to go somewhere else, we'll we'll revisit that." But I got there and. Um, my first semester, I think I met a girl who's actually Puerto Rican. She became a really good friend, and she <laughs> convinced me to go to Spain with her. Um, I mean, my Spanish was terrible. <laughs> I mean, I'd had it in high school, and I had had two semesters. I really wasn't even qualified to go on the trip, but, you know, they'll take your money. So they were like, "That's right. That's yeah, right. sure, you can go. You'll learn it while you're there. <laughs> Yeah, and basically I was thrown into this culture, and it's like, you're on your own. You're living with a yeah. family, and I was with my dictionary, like, <laughs> yeah, trying to figure yeah, it out. Yeah, because there's, no, there's no smartphone at that point where Google Translate or whatever. There's you, no – and we got lost trying to find my house. It, we had lots of crazy stories there, but it, yeah. So it, was this I a survived. program through SFA, or did you enroll – this was a SFA study abroad program. It okay. was five weeks and professor-led, although that professor wasn't super helpful. Like, he only spoke Spanish to us, and <laughs> it was... Anyways, he's a little crazy, but... So, you, I'm sure you learn a ton in those five weeks by just being thrown in, or no? I did, but in my experience, because I went back on two others, like, I went to Costa Rica for four weeks, and then I did a semester-long Costa Rica on my own, um, it helps if you're way farther advanced, really, but, or a little bit more. Yeah. Like I didn't know enough to go, but it did help. That's so funny. That's so similar to my wife, Lindsay's story. She, except for, I don't know, I don't know how much Spanish she had done before. I feel, I don't think much. And she enrolled at, uh, in just at a university in Spain. I want to say it was in Madrid and she just, in, instead the of like same do, one. instead of doing study abroad, she just signed up for classes and just yeah. went to Spain and took classes and had a very similar experience. Like obviously did not know a ton and and 
It was baptism by fire, like getting around and figuring out. uh, She has this horror story of trying to take a train in the middle of the night to get to where she needed to go and couldn't communicate all these big bags. Y'all need to, (laughs) yeah, y'all got some stories to swap. So that I just found that out last week, actually, that uh, she did a whole semester there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I did my first semester of grad school in Costa Rica. And I mean, you don't take Spanish. You enroll in history, whatever, and you enroll in literature. And uh, that's right. It was insane. And you're you're learning all that in Spanish while learning Spanish, which is just wild. So did you, was it that relationship that made you just kind of fall in love with the Spanish language? Or was it after the, the trip that you went, oh man, I really want to invest here? I think it was after the trip, Yeah, uh, mainly. It was like, hey, I can teach Spanish and maybe travel and um, not grade English papers all the time. And uh, yeah. So that's where that. it switched for you. But then we stayed friends. She was in my wedding and um, oh, cool. my first wedding. And we I loved her family and know all of them. So that's yeah. so cool. That's so so that's where you switched from wanting to be an English teacher to was yeah. was in that process of going on those trips to wanting to do Spanish. Yeah, I never dreamed of doing Spanish. <laughs> that's so cool. That's so man, y'all, yeah, you need to you and Lindsay need to talk because y'all's stories are so similar in that yeah. in that way. She was pre med and really? was gonna was a uh, major in chemistry. And then went from that to a Spanish major and a chemistry minor. And I'm like, I'm sure that the advisor was like, what? What? (laughs) A Spanish major and a chemistry minor? What are you doing? My friend was Spanish in biology. I'm like. Yeah. What in the world? So anyway, that's really funny. Okay. So, so you, what was that like just switching? I mean, I guess, was that in the middle of school? You said you did grad school. No, it was like my second semester. It was super early on. Okay. And so then. Here we go. Life trajectory is now yeah. I'm going to sp- do Spanish. and I guess I switched my major second or third semester, but maybe it was later because I had a lot of English. I wound up doing a double major in Spanish and English because I had too much English to really drop. And then I did a minor yeah. in Latin American studies. So That's awesome. That's wow. so great. That's so great. It's just kind of That's cool. playing it by ear. <laughs> okay. So at what point in this process do you and Ryan meet? Is that in school at SFA? Where does that where does that, that play in? That was at Garrison. Um, we met my <laughs> junior year of high school. He was in college. Okay, he was three years older. Um, so he was at SFA, and we. I was going to Oak Grove Church because we had a really good pastor friend that was the pastor there. His name okay. was Wade Ivy. So we followed them there. They had. He was kind of my family's mentor from when I was five till. They moved away to North Carolina, but they were always in the mix. Um, He was the one that really mentored my dad, and they went and helped with the youth group, and they'd go on all the trips with them. And so they came back to Nacogdoches, so of course we followed. We went to Oak Grove. And um, at that church, I met a college couple that were really cool. I think they were – yeah, they were already married in college – and their names were Richard and Amber, and they had gone to church with Ryan and Lindell. And I was actually looking for a prom date. And nice. they said, you need to meet this guy, because they were kind of wanting us to meet anyways. So they introduced us, and so we started dating. My junior year, he didn't go to prom. He had to move someone. Um, but he did go to my senior year prom. <laughs> nice. Okay, so you guys met in high school. Yeah. Now, did you start, I mean, is that where you guys start dating right there? Or is there a gap? Or how does that, how does the relationship evolve from from yeah. senior prom? I think I was 15 and he lied and told his dad I was 16, but somewhere <laughs> in- <laughs> Nice. <laughs> where was he originally from? Lindell. 
Okay, from Lindale. Okay, well, he okay. was born in Treeport and then Allen for a while, Texas, and then high school in Lindale. And then Lindale, and I then think. came to SFA. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because of that couple. That couple, her dad was actually the pastor in Lindale. Okay. So he kind of viewed the sort of, his dad had come to SFA too. So there yeah. were several reasons. Yeah. I think someone in his family served on the Board of Regents and he actually paid for Ryan's school. So he had two options. He could do SFA for free because of this uncle, great uncle. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't know many of his family well. Yeah. They weren't close. But um, Or he had a scholarship to go to ETVU to play soccer. And I really think he chose SFA because he liked the trees and it was pretty. <laughs> I mean, that's a good yeah. reason. That's a good reason. Okay, so he's a, this is an important part of, of, of the story. He is, uh, you, you mentioned so- good soccer player, but just good athlete. Yeah. So the first time I ever heard of him <laughs> was connected to, I don't know what they called it, but Strongman, was that what they Power called team. it? Power team. Okay. That's yeah. what I called it. Was he doing that when you guys met? I mean, that probably not. No. That would have been later on. So we met, got through, he graduated college, and so... So y'all dated the whole time you were at SFA? Yeah, off and on. We might have broken <laughs> up a few times. Okay, okay. All my fault. I just Intermittent like, dating? Do I really want to... <laughs> You know, yeah, marry the person I dated all this time. Anyways, yeah, um, yeah. but it was weird because like our first date, I was like, I'm going to marry him because he wanted to be a pastor. He had good life goals, and um, but you had to test him. I did. So you, a few breakups just really test. That's good. That's good. <laughs> it, it was character building. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah. So um, when he graduated, somewhere. Maybe two years prior, Holly Springs had come about. Well, mm-hmm. they heard that I was dating because Holly Springs came from First Baptist Garrison. I grew up in that church. Yep. So a lot of them wanted to plant a church in Appleby. Yep. And so they heard about Ryan and knew he was a communications major, a good speaker, wanted to be a pastor. So they brought him in as youth pastor at Holly Springs. Um, and so he was there for a few years. And then... I graduated and moved to Costa Rica to start my master's, and it was then when he started working for the power team. Okay, so was I mean, that... I was out of country, so he moved to Dallas. Okay, was that was that a breakup? Was that or no. or did you guys decide push through? No, we were still together. So that is ultra long distance dating, Costa Rica and Dallas. Yeah. Well, it was for <laughs> seven months. Okay. That's well, still... it was supposed to be six. I kind of extended it, but. Um, Costa Rica is awesome. But so I left in January. I had to come back. I had to go somewhere every three months because I didn't have a visa. So I came back in March. It was a crazy March that it snowed here. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. It was snow on Easter. And I think it was March, March or April. But anyways, when I came back home, he proposed. <laughs> so he was like, I'm going to snag her before she yeah, goes I back. Lock this down before she goes back to Costa Rica. <laughs> I mean, like the week I was here, I got a wedding dress because he wanted to get married like as soon as I got back. So um, kind of crazy, but it worked. So you you planned a wedding from Costa Rica? Basically, my mom did. Nice. I wasn't that into it. I'm <laughs> just like, mom. Yeah, go. Dude, whatever you want. Yeah. I want to pick the cake and the dress. Well, I already had a dress. so That's awesome. Yeah, I was trying to pick music from Costa Rica. And- That's so great. Okay, so this is where the power team thing then starts is when is while you're in Costa Rica. Okay, t- what is Well, he brought the power team into Holly Springs and from there they kind of recruited him and yeah. That's how that happened? That's how that happened. Okay, so then he so while he's youth pastor, 
Yeah. He brings him in. Yeah. And they go, oh, this guy's an athlete. He, he could do this. He's a good speaker. No, they he brought can... him in as a road manager. No kidding. But he was like one of the best speakers. So they're like, we've got to come up with a role for you. So they come up with a small guy bonsai <laughs> and then like slam the weights and build him up. I mean, he got pretty big in that time. Oh, I've seen pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But not compared to these guys. These guys were tall yeah. and yeah. huge. Here's what's funny. I don't know if it was the same thing, but when I... When I was in elementary school, a group like this came to our elementary school. Now, I'm trying to think, wait a minute. It couldn't have been power team because surely at our elementary school, they weren't sharing the gospel, whatever. I don't know. Maybe they No, they go to schools all the time. But Normal schools, yeah. I mean, the classic, like, tear the phone book in Mm -hmm. half. I mean, I remember as this little kid just being like, oh, (laughs) my goodness. He's the strongest humans on the planet. We never had a phone book. He ripped all of them. (laughs) That's so (laughs) awesome. So when I heard that he did that, it was like, oh, my God. That's so cool. Yeah, he could do all pretty all much the all the feats. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, that's cool. So that was there's a trick that helps. With yeah. Most well, of don't yeah. don't give away the secrets. Okay. <laughs> so so he does that, and then I guess times when you're going to come back here, that's when he was done with Power Team, or how? What was y'all's transition back? So here? I came back. We got married. I was in grad school, and he was still working for the Power Team. So the first two three years of let's see from. 2007 till 2010, he was still working with them. So he'd be gone for like three weeks and home a week. And uh, it was hard. That was not really what (laughs) I knew I was signing up for. Yeah. But um, when kind of in that 2000, end of 2009, I was finished. I'd just been working at UNT and um, we were, he was wanting to start a family and, uh, either start a family or he wanted a shift, but we knew we needed to do something for our marriage to, to mm-hmm. get away from the traveling. Cause that's hard. So hard. Yeah. And on top of when he had come in, I had night classes. And so even when he came in, it yeah, wasn't like yeah. we really got to hang out all the time. So, um, around that time, I didn't want to come back to Natchitoches. We, I just didn't. I mean, there was some struggle with, we loved the church, but there were things that happened there, and I didn't want to go back. But um, so we started praying about it. I wanted to go. I had a scholarship to go to uh, New Mexico to finish my PhD. Wow! And um, so we were praying about that route or something else. I mean, I'm like, you can find a church there. Um, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you can find a church anywhere, right? But um, that's how we knew it was the right thing because the Lord put on my heart, y'all need to go back. Nacogdoches is where, mm. um, which turned out to be great. My parents were here. Um, yeah. I mean, they live right down the road from Holly Springs. So it was, they kept the kids. And so it all Okay, worked. so he did he come back to be on staff there? Yeah, he okay. came back early 2010 to be on staff. I had to stay and finish my job until May. Mm. Um, oh, man. So we would just kind of come back and forth on the weekend some. Um, he didn't go till like March, though, so it really wasn't okay. that long. Now, what was he doing on staff at that time? He was associate pastor. Okay, so he wasn't doing the youth anymore. He was associate. Okay. Right. Okay, okay. He left and Matt actually took right. over youth Yeah, there's Holly all Springs. sorts of connections here. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, because he and... He and Matt were together. So, yeah. uh, so then, at what point the boys born in, in in all of this? That's after that's after you get back to Nacogdoches, and that's that was yeah. a big part of why you were coming back here. Is he want to start a family? And so 
Talk about. I was a little apprehensive. Yeah. I was like, Do I really want pastor's kit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, 2010, we came back. Beckham was born December 2011, and then Britain 18 months later. Yeah, but I just a quick side note: if you have time on a Saturday, and you just and it's during soccer season, mm-hmm. you need to come watch those boys play soccer. <laughs> Britain is my favorite soccer player to watch. (laughs) There is nobody. I I said this to Brittany a thousand times, but there is, if you want to see what effort looks like, you watch that boy play soccer. It is amazing. It's just side note, side note, but amazing to watch. He will destroy guys that are three times his size. It's amazing watching him out there. So anyway, anyway. Okay. So, so they're born um, and still, at Holly Springs, and at some point, right there's a there's a transition where Ryan starts doing pastor stuff there. I mean, mm-hmm. he he steps into that role, I guess, officially at some point in this in this process, right? Yeah, probably. Gosh, I don't know the timeline. Eight months, maybe before the accident. So, okay. uh, somewhere in 2015. Yeah, he he was he's the pastor, right? That's what I'm, yeah. I'm, I got my facts right. Well, no, not official pastor. He was interim, just kind of filling okay. in until okay, because they... he was an associate. Mm-hmm. They're they're looking, but he's he's the interim at that at right. that point. Okay, okay, okay. Well, what was that? What was that period of time like? I mean, I know I've heard it described. Now I never got to. Well, let me let me back up. I did get to see him one time speak, and it was while he was man. Timelines are so hard. So I want to make sure I think I'm I'm doing this right. But it was while he was doing it had to be when he was doing the interim job mm-hmm. at Holly Springs. We were doing I was I had not been here long and we were doing a uh, worship night on campus called 24/7 or not on campus. At this point it was at First Baptist. Mm-hmm. And we would try to bring uh, local pastors in mm-hmm. to to speak. We loved the idea of students hearing from a variety of different people in town. And Ryan came and and spoke. And I'll never forget because uh, this was uh, pretty early on in my beginning where I was uh, doing CrossFit and I was drinking the Kool-Aid and he, and he spent the first five minutes roasting me about <laughs> CrossFit. And here I am, I'm like, man, I just, I, I think this guy is super cool. We just met and here he is. He's just, he's just roasting me. I mean, he spent so much time making fun. Anyway, we really, it was fun. We really bonded that. Night. That was the only time that I got to hear him speak. He was just a phenomenal communicator. And it seemed to me at that time, just from watching him that he was really in preaching, man, he was just really in his sweet spot. Um, he was a gifted communicator. Was that, was that true? I mean, from your perspective, as oh, you yeah. watched him step in and do that interim, interim role, was that? Oh yeah. I mean, it was, it was a, sh- when the last pastor left, it was a little rough spot in there, but um, just cause it's hard when a pastor leaves the church mm-hmm. and then you're stepping into that role. And I mean, he was so young Um Kind of like you coming in, but um, <laughs> yeah, y'all actually have so much in common. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's but crazy to learn. We we do. It's crazy. He actually missed a soccer game for that twenty four seven. I had to hear about that. But wow, <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. No, he he loved every chance he got to speak. He was truly, I think, he was one of the best speakers on the power team, and they had really good ones. But um, yeah. it was neat to watch his growth in that because it's like in the beginning he was trying to do it on his own power and to see that transition where mm. he really let go mm. and let God lead yeah. it, it was just and the last few those last few months before the accident the things he was saying were 
pretty phenomenal. Um, his last sermon series, I think it was the last, um, was the Elevated Life, living the Elevated Life, and to go back and hear some of the things he said, um, just crazy hmm. after the fact. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't. I mean, I knew it was great then, but to come back later, it's like the Lord was preparing him without him knowing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, you've 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 said. Uh, you, you mentioned the phrase "the accident" twice. You're talking about preparing him. Um, you're you're in the middle of him being the interim, watching him thrive, um, and then 2016, and mm-hmm. it's a year where your world totally, totally changes. The most unexpected of things. Take us into uh, take us into those moments. What uh, what is uh, what goes on in 2016 that just totally changes your world? So August of 2016, we almost every year we went to Colorado on a side-by-side trip. Um, we loved Ryan, actually, couldn't wait to go. He wanted to escape Texas heat and go Amen. to the mountains. Yes. And he just, that's, he loved the mountains. And it's so beautiful up there in the summer. Oh, yeah. You know, there's flowers and just, I, I love snow skiing. But in the summer, all the colors and just getting to ride on the mountains is, is great. So, we went and we were in like day four of our trip. We've been to Silverton so much. We've seen like, I think everything there. But um, so day, f- this trip was a little different though, because prior to that year, you couldn't drive your side-by-sides in town. So we would stay at the edge of town hmm. and then um, then we would have to trailer in or whatever, but that'll come into play in a minute. Mm-hmm. But so we were there four days. The last day we were there, um, we had a couple more days or maybe one more day of riding. But that last day we had gone over to Lake City and it's a pretty good ride. And we were kind of old school side by side. So we didn't have a full windshield. It's half windshield and you're mm-hmm. in the elements, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it rained on us and all kinds of stuff. But that last day was really neat. We went into Lake City as a cool little town, has really good ice cream shop. So we had ice cream. Oh, definitely go for the ice cream. Yeah. We had to get over there for the ice cream. The drive into Lake City is beautiful. But um, I remember we had our ice cream. We played in the park. Bryson, my brother, he's the one five years younger, was just a big kid. But um, I remember him playing, like literally going down the kiddie slides with my boys Hmm. (laughs) and um, leaving Lake City. We went out a different way because we were actually able to drive through that city and come out on the other side. So mm-hmm. this was the first time we had ever been on this um, road back to Silverton. And um, anyways, we got back to Silverton. Bryson had played a joke on my dad at the time. Uh, he took off fast up the mountain. You know, the higher you get, it gets really cold. Well, it was raining and cold, and he had stole my dad's coat and was in front and didn't stop until he was, like, freezing. Anyways, awesome. they got us back to camp. They were freezing cold. Bryson showered. Uh, my dad was cooking burgers. Ryan was over on his phone. I was um, taking care of the boys. Went ahead and gave them baths. But it was weird because Ryan was normally the one that just was happy being in the campground. He just wanted to listen to the river and be there. But mm. he wanted to go see, because they could drive through town, there was a new road that would get us to one of our favorite spots. So he was like, Gary, why don't we go check out that road? And um, Which was weird. They never left in the afternoon. It would have been six or so. I mean, plenty of daylight to do it, but oh, it was yeah. just different. Yeah. Um, so he and my dad were going to go and they were, 
convinced Bryson, who had already showered, and my mom, she had showered too. Uh, so typically after they showered, they wouldn't have done this, but yeah. they're like, okay, we'll go with y'all. And Bryson asked Holly like three times. Holly was my sister-in-law. Um, you really don't care if I go? Because they had a six-month-old baby. Uh, Beckham and Britton were three and four at the time. Mm-hmm. But anyways, the four of them set off. So it's both my parents, Ryan and Bryson. And they set off on this road. Um, and I was a little selfish. I was mad that they left <laughs> because I wanted to go. I was the yeah, one that yeah, normally yeah. enjoyed the riding and yeah. he was the one content to stay there. I'm like, so I just have to stay here in the motor home with the kids. So, um, this for about an hour, I was feeling that, but then all of a sudden it's like the Lord just told me, um, they're not coming back. You need to prep. You need to give Kennedy a bath because she was six months old. Holly was waiting on Bryson. He did everything for that baby. And um, she was waiting on him to give her a bath and feed her. I was like, why Why don't we give her a bath and put her in bed? So we got her in bed and Beckham and Britton were watching something. You didn't on. say anything. You, no. You just, that was just something you just, just grabbed inside and I got super heavy act. and I just knew. Wow. Um, They'd only been gone an hour, so, I mean, there was no reason to really, mm-hmm. but, um, so we got her in bed and just waited. Now, by this time, Holly's thinking the same thing, because now it's been two, three hours. Then it starts getting dark, and we're just waiting, because we're like, they wouldn't be riding in the dark. I'd been mm-hmm. texting, but there's no cell service up mm-hmm. in the mountains. Mm-hmm. I had service, but they didn't have service. I'd texted all of them, um, and so... Gosh, I bet we, I don't know how long we waited in the motorhome, but um, finally some lights came and shone on the door and a lady walked up and um, opened the door and um, Beckham and Britton were still awake. Um, I bet it was eight or nine o'clock, maybe later, I don't know. But she kind of comes in and she goes, are y'all y'all the family of Ryan King and Bryson Atkinson, something like that? And I said, yes. And she said, well, um, Ryan and Bryson are deceased, and Beckham and Britton are, like, right there. And Holly oh just starts screaming. And I'm like, what about the other two? There were two more. And she said, I don't know anything about them. I was like, mm. okay, thank you. <laughs> Bye. And shut the door. Um, she might have stayed for a minute. Later, I found out that lady had actually just lost her son on a motorcycle accident. So I think it was like really hard hard for her to bring that news. So, um, yeah, that was really bad moment. I, I knew that, I mean, we're in a motor home that we know nothing about. If anyone knows my dad, he's the only one that can work his stuff. It's kind of rigged. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) old, (laughs) but I knew that he had befriended a couple beside us, so I was like, Holly, I mean, uh, we were there for a minute, but I was like, Holly, let me go tell them we're here by ourselves. I need to tell them what happened because if we need help with anything in the night, I want them to know. And so they were so, it's insane. They they came over immediately and sat with us, and the wife helped with Beckham and Britton, but they had had two flats come into Colorado, and they almost turned around and went home, but it was they said, no, we need to go. The Lord's telling us we need to be in Silverton. Wow. Um, wow. So anyways, they sat with us while we made all those phone calls. That was incredibly difficult. I mean, hindsight, 
I don't know why I didn't make a few and let other people do that, but it's like we had to tell the news and just hear everybody's reaction like 30 times. I mean, calling his family and then, sorry. It's all right. Anyways, that night was terrible, but um, I mean, 10 minutes after it happened, I just felt like the Lord was saying, um, you give and take away, blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm, wow. I'm here. And so it's like, I mean, our bodies were literally convulsing and I mean, her vomiting. I, I didn't know trauma did that, but um, with the boys, I'm like, it's okay, guys. And, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. can't really tell them it's okay when they see you're not okay. But, um, anyways, that family that sat with us since saying they had a Bryson in their family, they had a Brandon in their family, a Ryan in their family, I think even a Robbie, my uncle, and a Gary. Um, it was just really weird the connections there. But, um, Anyways, we somehow survived that night or took us through it. And then the next day, people in the campground packed up our motorhome for us. The campground bought pizza for us. And um, I mean, we're in this 45 foot long coach with a huge trailer. We're probably a little over the legal driving limit. And so my brother, older brother, sets out to get us him, his wife, uh, my grandfather. His wife and my uncle, they all come. Uh, They finally had to remove Brandon from the driver's seat because he was going too fast. And Mm. um, anyways, Holly's family got there first in a motorhome to take her and Kennedy home. And then Brandon and them arrived a little bit later. Um, It was close to dark, but we got packed up and we were trying to get to Denver. Um, they had taken my parents to Durango first. Yeah. Now, at what point do you learn? I mean, she didn't tell you anything about your mom and dad. At we what, didn't even know if they were alive that whole... The whole night? Somewhere in the night, I think Brandon just finally called my dad and he actually answered. So oh, he found Lord. out he was okay, but he was not being reported much on my mom because, I mean, they were in terrible condition. Hmm. My dad, he couldn't even understand him really, but he got enough that they were alive. Um he told me not to call my dad. He told me my bad dad wouldn't want to talk to me because he felt guilty for, mm. which oh, was not wow. the case. I called him anyways. Yeah. But um, anyways, um, yeah, so the next day I I was like, well, if I get car seats, we can take the boys and I can go at least say bye to my parents because I didn't know if they were going to make it. But it was a good hour to Durango. I think they were in Durango. Mm-hmm. And then it would have been an hour back, and then we would have been... It just didn't make sense. I finally just let go of that. I was like, okay, let's just... Because that would have been leaving Holly, too, till her family got there, so we just scratched that idea. Anyways, Brandon and Alicia and grandparents and Robbie got there, and they got us loaded up. We took off, and I'm a nervous wreck because... Brandon had driven the motorhome, but it had been years. He had never driven with this big trailer, and the drive into Silverton is not easy. No, it's not. Coming out maybe a little bit easier, but um, but we left like it was getting dark, and someone told us a different way to get into Denver, which later we realized is an open-range road, very narrow. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so dark, and the lights oh were not working well in the motorhome, and it— I was just shaking, scared to death. I'm like, okay, we're all going to go too, which I'm okay with that. But I don't want Brandon and Alicia to leave their kids. So, um, But 
it's insane because in that moment, it's so dark we couldn't see and I was scared to death. But as I'm just praying that it gets better and it's like the moon just appeared <laughs> and mm-hmm. was like a spotlight on the mm-hmm. road and we could see. And um, yeah, that was kind of one of the first little miracles along the way. But then my mom and transport from Durango to Denver in Durango, they had said she had a lacerated liver and spleen and I mean, she had a broken neck and uh, broken ribs, a big laceration on her head and head trauma, and her ankle was completely crushed. I mean, she was broken all over. But um, they were really concerned about the internal, the lacerated liver and spleen. But when she got to Denver, they couldn't even find it. (laughs) I mean, everyone had really been praying over those areas. But anyways, we finally got to Denver. It was... um, Really long ride, but well, this is this is wild because this is where uh, this is where I almost met you, um, and you. We talked about this. I, this is funny because I didn't. We I've known you now for several years and did not know that you didn't know this part of the story. So this will be the first time you hear this. But we had my parents. Uh, let's see, this was two thousand sixteen. So my parents, I think, in two thousand and fourteen. My dad loves the mountains, and they had they had randomly just said we're going to get. They went to Durango and fell in love with Durango, and they got this place in Durango. And I had decided that I was going to. We have we have this program here. It's an internship kind of program called the Armor Bear Program. And I decided, you know, what would be amazing is if we took these students to Colorado and as a retreat. And so we did. We jumped in the the church bus. Who was with you? Uh, it was, well, it was me and, and just our students. But who were the students? Oh my gosh. Was it like Brendan or? No. I don't think this would have been Brendan. Caleb, Ca- I remember Caleb, Caleb Castro was with me. Okay. Uh, Samantha Williams, Zanisha, Kelsey, Melina. I would have to, man, that was oh, wow. an older group. Uh, Chris Barton was there. Yeah. I'd have to try to think of everybody. It's crazy. So we were there and, um, in Durango and the, our, I guess this would have been our second day there. We had planned a uh, all day rafting trip mm-hmm. for them, and that not, the night of the of the accident, <laughs> I got a phone call, uh, and I can't. I think it was Bobby Smith, and he had obviously found out what was going on. And Bobby was was Laura and I talked for a long time yeah, that night. <laughs> was close with you guys, and I somehow found out about it and got in touch with with Bobby to ask if I could go see you, and. Um, because I, you know, Bobby just said, I can't believe this, but they're, they're there where you are. And, uh, after talking, Bobby said, they've got, they're trying to get everything going and packed out. Now hearing your, you know, you guys are in the chaos of, of trying to, uh, to pack out. And, but Bobby said, but her dad is in the hospital, her mom and dad are in the hospital in Durango. And, uh, so I said, I'm going to go see him tomorrow. I'm going to, you know, so, uh, I dropped the kids off at the rafting deal and I drove the church, this church, this poor church bus <laughs> has been on trails in Colorado. I got into all sorts of messes with that thing. But anyway, drove the church bus to uh, Durango. And that's where I met your dad. And oh, So you actually met him? I went and saw him. Yeah, I was able to go and see him and uh, went in and was able to talk with him for a little while. Uh, they were, this was at the point, so your mom had she wasn't there anymore okay so she had already been i guess transferred she was yeah. already on a, on a flight to denver or had already gotten to denver i don't remember what it was but they were uh literally as i was in the room uh your dad and i were were chatting and uh just sitting with him and i just thought in the back of my mind i'm just thinking you know i don't know if this is any comfort to this guy at all 
he has no clue who I am, and he's but in the he didn't have group. anyone in that moment. But so. the fact that there would be someone from yeah. Nacogdoches in his hospital room, I just I was just praying, God, would you just just even let me being here be be something that shows him just how much you love him? And that was that was my prayers. Like I, this guy doesn't know me. Yeah. And anyway, but while I was there was when they 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 shooed me out and said we're getting him ready to go. He's we're going to take him and I think they were trying to take him to Denver to be with your mom. So he was about to get on a helicopter or a plane or whatever to be transferred. Yeah. And so I left. And is that not it's crazy? Yeah, so it's I insane. thought anyway, I thought you knew, but so that's kind of where where our stories uh, intersect in the first time uh, I'd Well, his know. injuries weren't really bad enough to have him transported, but he somehow convinced them to send him anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Um, wow! Yeah, he can be pretty. So that's what it was. Like Roger, he he was going to Denver then. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay, I, th- I thought that uh, was true. I mean, he was in really bad shape. He had crushed ribs and broken back yeah. and uh, collapsed lungs. So he yeah. he was in bad shape. But they would have just treated him there. Probably well, we had a. Um, it was really cool. I that you know, I thought you know this. He's in the hardest place he's ever been in his life, and. You know, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever see this guy again. Even though he's Nacogdoches, I don't know if I'll ever see this guy again. And didn't know if he even, you know, was tracking who I was and whatever. I was only, I was only able to be there. They only let me be there for like 15, 20 minutes. Um, but I, 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 I want to share this because it was really special. We, uh, I guess this, it was, it had to have been like three years later. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, because I'd already, I was already pastor here, so it, was, it had to be two thousand and nineteen or so. And uh, we went to we we were taking we had a lunch and Blake and Matt and I went to CC's uh, Smokehouse mm. and we're walking out of the we're walking out of CC's and um, and sitting in the truck and this guy that looks really familiar to me starts to walk up you know like when someone's walking to you in a parking <laughs> lot you're like they're not looking for their car they're coming to me why why are they coming to me you know he was like coming to me and I but I thought this guy is so familiar but I didn't recognize him. Yeah. I mean, obviously, when obviously, I saw him, he, he didn't looked, look the same. Yeah. And um, anyway, and he came and just said, I wanted to just tell you thank you, and I, I remember you. And I it just, and then told me who he was. It just blew me away that he even remembered who I was. And that, and it was just cool for me in that moment, just, and I wanted you to tell more of the story, but just to go, okay, I prayed for him to be encouraged yeah. by that. And then here he is. I don't know. It was just, it was amazing. All the little things. Yeah. You're talking about the moon lighting the road. So, I mean, so now you guys are traveling to uh, to Denver. Mm-hmm. So we get to Denver and go in the hospital. And we, I don't even know if they let me, let us see our mom that first day. She was in really bad shape. They let us see my dad. So we go in and talk to him. And he actually looked better than expected. But, yeah. um, and he was in... He was okay. I mean, he was really upset, and he was telling us there we learned more what happened, that the transmission had gone out and the brakes had gone out. And what's crazy is they had stopped to – there was a truck coming up the mountain, and they had stopped to ask them, um, can you all check on us? Because something's wrong. Our transmission went out, but our brakes should get us right down there. If you all could just wait and make sure we're good and don't need a ride, or maybe they wanted to ride back to camp. I don't know. Anyways – that truck went and never left. But while they were sitting there, the tran- apparently the brake fluid ran out because wow. I, it shouldn't have happened, but it did. And so when they started going, uh, 
pretty soon he realized there was nothing and he was just slamming and it was already going because I was like why didn't y'all jump and um anyways he said well we didn't think of that because the ending was right there but um they made it all the way till like there were barely a hundred yards left to the end but there was this one curve that it just couldn't take and they fell like 80 to 100 feet wow. mm. which Bryson and Ryan I like to think died on impact. I don't know that it was that fast, but um, but there's absolutely no explanation for why my parents should be here, especially we went back a couple years ago to see, and wow. just looking at it, there's no reason but God. Wow. I mean, he just, my dad was still holding the steering wheel, so he didn't come out, so that makes a little more sense, but my mom was ejected and still survived. Oh um, I mean, she landed on the rocks head down. Um but another crazy story, another couple from, I forgot where they're from, up north, but they just randomly said, hey, let's go to Silverton. And they went and they were on the road and they came up on the accident and the wife prayed with my So. The people that got there first put my mom in a sleeping bag, put her on top of a suitcase, and got her out of there after seeing it. I don't know how they did it. I think my dad was begging them not to because he knew her neck was broken, and they did it anyways. But they got her to the road, and um, prior to that, my dad had somehow climbed out of there with all his injuries and gotten people to stop. But anyways, this lady, they felt like the Lord was telling them to go to Silverton and they felt like they needed to rent a vehicle and go on this road. And she was able to pray over my mom this whole time and keep her from seeing things. And so my mom never saw the boys. My Mm. my dad did. And it was just crazy. He said, I just thought they were sleeping, but he couldn't get them to move. And um, so when we, at the hospital, he told us all this and, um, Anyways, we finally got to go in and see my mom, and I don't know if it's that day or the next, but anyways, my 85-year-old grandmother had died a few months before, and my mom literally looked like my 85-year-old mm. grandma because mm. she was just swollen, and um, it didn't look like her. Like We finally let Beckham go in several days later before we left, but I wouldn't let him go at first because it was just bad. But mm. But while we were at the hospital— <laughs> A girl that had been in Ryan's youth group worked at the Chick-fil-A in Denver. So she brought us Chick-fil-A and came and just, what do y'all need? And she was just oh, there. My word. A girl that had gone from Lindell, had gone to SFA with us. She lived in Denver now. So she comes up there. And another common friend, her best friend, was there in their motorhome. So they offered to bring us back in their motorhome. Um, but we weren't really ready to leave yet. But um one of Holly's best friend's mother-in-law lived there, so she brought us food several days. And then the craziest, this lady from Lufkin comes in and says, hey, I have a motorhome hookup. My dad called me. My dad knows your dad. Um, he wanted me to come up here and offer my motorhome plug for you in our home. Come stay with us while you're here. And it was just crazy. We got there. They had one little boy named Jackson. Ryan and I thought about naming our kid Jackson. Mm-hmm. But they had like, Jackson had all the toys that were on the boys' Christmas list. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it was like they get there and it's Christmas, and she and her husband separate or worked opposite shifts at, I think, the hospital. But um, 
to take care of their son. So they offered to take care of the boys. So they didn't, I mean, they spent a couple of days at the hospital, but then they didn't have to be up there as much. Um, another friend gave us their vehicle. It, it was just, it was crazy to see another family from here. Let us shower the first night. I mean, just why are that many people in Denver from here? <laughs> After a while, it just blew your mind. It's like, wow. okay, God, you're, you're here. I get it. Wow. But, Is that, I mean, you know, I, I imagine that uh, holding, holding on to faith in moments like this, you know, I don't know what that journey is like. You've been, you seem to have been, uh, and this is just from an outsider's perspective, you seem to have been really compelled early on after the accident to begin to be pretty public and share your journey, share the ups and downs, um, share the struggles. Um, you, you wrote a lot. Uh, what, what was behind that? Why did, why did you feel like it was okay to bring everybody else into those, those big ups and downs and those wrestling matches you had with the Lord? Why, why'd you choose to do that? I felt like you wanted me to, I didn't really want to, but, mm. um, I mean, those, until we got back to Nacogdoches, it was pretty crazy. Um, but when we finally got back home, prior to that trip, I'd been getting up at 4 o'clock for my um, 4 a.m. Be- we had a 6 a.m. boot camp, but maybe 4.30. But I'd been getting up early to spend my time with the Lord before everyone woke up. And um, when I came back, just to see where He had me in that time was pretty amazing to see. But um when we finally got back home, I was able to enter back and into that. And it's like, Mm. I just ran to that time. And in that time, it's just like the Lord was sitting there with me. I mean, he just revealed so much to me and just gave me peace and comfort that now, once I got out of that, the rest of the day, I I struggled a lot. Um, But those mornings were just precious. And that's normally where that writing came about. And I just Mm. felt led to share what he was telling me at that time, because it was just like he knew I needed him and he was there. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the day, like I, my brother told me, my, Ryan like Ligonier, and I just went through so many episodes of Sproul um, just to because I felt like if my mind wandered there and just kept getting deeper, it was to no good. I mean, you you can cry, and but then I needed to focus on things that were just better that mm. got you out of the gutter, mm. but. Anyways, that when we when we interviewed George, one of the things that kind of the the big takeaway for me, and we've we've heard this in several stories of people that have been through really difficult moments, is you know when you hear stories like this, you often think, what would I what what would I do? It how would I respond? Do I have do I have that kind of strength in me? And the thing that I think is common in every in every story, and then we heard it with with George, is that no, it's not. Getting through is not, and the peace to move through those moments is not something that you summon. It's not something that's in yourself. It's something that is given to you in the moment. It's that mm-hmm. God literally downloads it into you and carries you and carries you through. It seems like you're describing the same thing. Right. That it wasn't this reservoir of, of strength and courage that you had, but that you found in in your darkest hour that He was present. Mm-hmm. Is that, yeah? Is that your experience? He just kept putting 
hope and faith in my heart. Just if you keep hold on to these things and just do the next thing, you know, Hmm. when it seems impossible, just just don't. I couldn't think about too much. I had to just think about what had to be done. But I mean, so my parents were still in Colorado for a while when I get home. So it's me and the boys. My sister-in-law stays with me for a little while. A precious friend, my best friend from college, comes and stays for a couple of weeks and is just there. But it was in this time that I realized why we came back to Nacogdoches, because this place is incredible. People wow. just gave, and they'd leave food on the front porch, and it wow. it would just be crazy things. Like a specific thing I'd needed from the store would just show up. Because, you know, Britain had all the allergies and stuff, but um, I think he did at that time. Anyways... Um, it was just crazy to see the love and comfort from our community and people coming in. Um, but but coming back home was hard. Um, oh, yeah. When we got home, people had put, my friends had put scriptures on all the windows. So it was really neat to see that. And um, But walking in the house the first time was, um, it was good too. It was good to be home because I felt closer to Ryan a little bit. But Bryson actually lived next door to me. Wow. Um, so Holly had already been home, but we were right there together. And um, But one of the first things I saw when I walked in the door, Ron had been reading a book called What Happens After I Die. <laughs> and, um, oh, my goodness. Which is an incredible book. But just the fact that he had been reading that before. And later, the funeral home got his cell phone. We didn't have it. I figured it was busted and no good, but it came back and was intact. So... That night, sitting at the campground, he had been writing out the sermons he was going to do in the next few months, and there was one called Why Worry, and there were all these scriptures that just helped me so much. But Wow. And that's been a theme, hasn't it? I mean, I feel like, again, I, maybe the timeline I'm not, I'm not good at, but I feel like as I think about the things you've written, that there have been several times where you've come back across something he's written or preached or mm-hmm. was thinking about a journal, maybe I don't, you know, I don't know, but, mm-hmm. but things he was thinking about yeah. that the Lord has used actually to, to minister to you and bring you peace and comfort in the moment. Is that, yeah. am I And sometimes right? it was just funny, but yeah. 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 <laughs> like one time uh, I found he was memorizing James one and I was like, well, maybe I should just do that. So I set out to memorize the whole chapter. When I got to the end, <laughs> it was true religion is this, to uh, minister to widows and orphans in their need and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Well, he had written unsustained. So I'm trying to memorize it. And I'm like, unsustained. Un- what the just heck does that mean? <laughs> so I go and look. I'm like, you got it wrong. <laughs> but just... And there were a lot of those where we could just laugh. Like one time Holly walked in her bathroom and she smelled like spray and no one had sprayed it. And that was, Brasson was always spraying the stuff after he used the bathroom. But yeah. Just, we, we got a lot of laughs out of yeah. stuff like that too. Wow. Wow. Amazing how many of those little things <laughs> that the Lord uses to yeah. to bring comfort and and, oh, yeah. and to minister to you in moments you don't even realize that that's what you need. You need to laugh. Right. You know, and uh, wow, that's amazing. But there was just so much to work through after because, like, even before my parents got back, I mean, I walk in and I see laundry and I just, I 
something I hated before, but I'm like, man, I can't even wash his clothes anymore. And the stuff mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you just realize that I could have done better, I should have done better. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, um, stuff like that, like the darkness of that night when it happened and the I could have done better, I wish I could say sorry, those things, the way the Lord really, He gave me songs to that just helped me. You know, He put a song on my heart that I could sing, and then when I'm in those moments, I could just think of those words, and um, that really carried me a long ways, too. Wow. Wow. But, well, that was, I mean, that was 2016. Uh, I'm sure probably for you that there, it feels like there are moments maybe when you feel like that was a long time ago, and there's probably moments where it feels like it was moments ago. But as you reflect back on uh, from now un- until then, man, what what would you say have been some of the biggest things that the Lord has taught you uh, thus far uh, in all of it? What what have you come away with that you go, this is a gift that, that the Lord has given, something that he has taught, something he has shown me um, in, in all of this? Um, I guess, you know, nothing is too big for him. Hmm. Like there were moments where it seemed impossible. Hmm. Um, I don't even know, but my dad went to a psych ward for a while. I mean, he, he spoke at a men's breakfast and just, it's like he was attacked after that. And he didn't even know his name. So he had to go to Tyler for a few weeks, but those first few days, I mean, he didn't know his name. He, uh, he wasn't, there was nothing. Yeah. You could get mm-hmm. nothing out of him. But I mean, he had gone through, we tried to walk him through some really dark days before we finally just had to let go and take him. But leaving him there seemed, wow. we thought we'd never get him back. Um, and there were scary people there. But just the Lord. At the same time, my mom's in Tyler with an infection, so they're off again. Wow. And But just seeing things that seem completely impossible and just there were so many things the Lord is just a friend called it flexing his muscles. You know, mm-hmm. he just showed how big he was and mm-hmm. and just how how small we are and insignificant. Yet he cared enough to give us mm-hmm. everything we needed along the way. Mm-hmm. I guess that was my biggest. Man, that's takeaway. crazy. That's crazy. I, I can't I can't thank you enough mm-hmm. for sharing that with all of us, with everybody listening, yeah. with all of us, um, your, your courage, even early on <laughs> to be vulnerable and to share what God's doing. Um, you know, it's one of those things that I think the magnitude of what God has done in your obedience to, to tell the story, uh, will, will be something someday you'll know, <laughs> but we have no way of knowing yeah. it now, but it's encouraged. I know as someone who has been encouraged, has encouraged so many and challenged so many and drawn so many, near to the Lord. And listen, uh, we, we don't have the hours that it takes. There, there's hours of this story oh, yeah, to come. Sure. But if you haven't put the pieces together, if you've listened to George uh, and his interview last right. uh, week. And now this and one. And now this one. And you haven't put the pieces together, uh, George and Brittany are married <laughs> and have started a life together. And uh, there is a whole, whole, whole story about how the Lord has even brought that about mm-hmm. uh, that is that is so incredible. And uh, and and the way that they're 
marriage glorifies the Lord and the way that they're, they're sharing these stories uh, today is, is amazing. So at some point, yeah, we're, we're going to have to do sit something. them yeah. both down yeah. and we're going to, and we're going to go, okay, now these stories merge here um, in an incredible way, which has got all sorts of, of amazing things that, yeah. that God has done there too. So uh, just amazing. Brittany cannot thank you enough for, uh, for sharing with us today, uh, I hope you've been uh, encouraged and blessed and challenged. I don't know how you, I don't know how you weren't, but uh, yeah, I, ho- I mean. hope you hope you have been today. Um, it, as we always say, it really is uh, incredible to hear how your uh, your experience of listening to these stories, how it impacts you and, and encourages you. And so, we would love to hear your feedback. Um, share with us how any any one of the episodes, maybe you've gone back and listened to some of the early ones, but just how any of these episodes and listening, how they've encouraged you. And then, man, as we always say, sit down with somebody. Yeah. Go grab lunch or a cup of coffee. Just find some time and sit down with somebody and, and talk through their story. You'd be amazed at how God will build your faith just by sharing I mean, stories I, that's, with one another. That's been my favorite thing about this is is the fact that I get to sit down with people and, and just hear some incredible stories. Yeah. And uh, it's not hard. It's not hard. It's but, not hard. It's so yeah. easy. It's so easy. So do that. Hey, uh, give us some feedback. Let us know uh, what you think and uh, and stay tuned because we got some more great guests coming, some more incredible stories. Uh, so keep on listening. If, uh, if you want to give us feedback, you know the email. stc at org. All right, adios.